is a 3CR supporter. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. That's right. Good morning. You're on Dirt Radio. It's very weird hearing my own voice. Hi, Sam Cossa, the two Sams back on Dirt Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. And I've also got Jack in the studio who is just standing behind me to see what we do with everything in the studio. Uh, So I want to acknowledge first that we are standing on stolen Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nations and pay my respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge the pivotal role that First Nations people play in the fight for climate justice, environmental justice and social justice across this country of so-called Australia. Uh, what have we got coming up today, Sam Cotter? Well, we've got a very exciting interview. Um, <laughs> you sound really excited. <laughs> it is. I've got my coffee here in the studio. Yeah, we need some caffeine <laughs> badly this um, morning. With Freya from the Human Rights Law Centre, all about how do we regulate uh, Australian companies for what they do to the environment and people. It's a really important topic because we know the big bad multinationals are out there plundering and pillaging. Um, and it's really important to how do we regulate them, how do we dismantle them, how do we keep them accountable. Um, so it should be a really exciting interview. It's based on their great work, but also a recent report they've done on modern slavery. What did you get up to on the weekend, Sam? Oh, you know, I... Or maybe d- you can't mention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can definitely mention, like, uh, I'm sure many mums out there, I spent most of the weekend cleaning my house. It's so exciting. You know, that unpaid labour just, you know, rocks my world every <laughs> weekend. <laughs> How about you? Well, I was um, enjoying this beautiful Melbourne March weather, um, yes. bike riding around, enjoying the parks of Melbourne. It was, yeah, it was a really yeah. lovely... Uh, um, lovely weather-wise, no? It was, Melbourne's really putting on a show here for us in in late March. It is. I mean, to be honest, I did go for a bike ride as well because the weather was so good. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. The patriarchy wasn't f- keeping you down every minute of the day. Oh, that's look, there was a guy on a bike that really was, you know, the, doing the equivalent of man-spreading but on his bike <laughs> riding along a narrow track. So, you know. It gets you everywhere. It gets you <laughs> You everywhere. really can't escape it, can you? And not to mention... Sometimes I wonder who designs bike seats. Just mm. got to say, mm. sometimes they're not comfortable. My bike mm. seat on that, I mean, fun fact, mine's got a little hole in it. And it's kind of oozing. So my my bike seat's also got some problems. I need to take it to the, the mechanic. Um, but I'm a- not even sure where to go with that, <laughs> Sam. I am a little bit concerned about that, but we can talk about that off. And I can talk to the Sustainable Cities campaigner at Friends of the Earth. We're very diverse here at Friends of the Earth. So, you know, if you've had any issues on bike paths uh, over the weekend, you can contact us uh, and get involved in the campaign because, you know, urban space, enjoying these beautiful parks, these last days of uh, autumn, it's all about enjoying our sustainable city and, and we're campaigning for that. So that's a good thing. We also had an event, I think, 
on Saturday. Did. Did, you, did you make it down to that? I did not. I, I was up to my ears in unpaid domestic labour, Sam. We've talked about <laughs> this already. I was, just, I was just lounging around <laughs> and not being a good activist. <laughs> um, but it looked really, it looked really fun from the, from the photos, I think. There was yeah, there was a race to zero emissions out at Box Hill Athletic Club put on by Act On Climate. Uh, and I do believe there's a video coming out with some drone footage of how that race went. Uh, and, of course, the purpose was to explore where all of our political parties stand on addressing climate change and taking meaningful action, which, you know, we all want. Um, so the other thing I woke up to this morning, I'm not sure if you saw it, is Blockade Australia are back out and about, this time in Sydney, and they had a young man called Tom up a monopole shutting down access to the port uh, that's called Port Botany. Sorry, I'm not a Sydney signer. <laughs> we all know Melbourne's better. All right, let's just end that debate right now. Um, but, yeah, they have shut down access to the port. I guess it would be the equivalent to our docks down in Footscray, uh, claiming that, you know, we need to address climate change and uh, create real system change by addressing the flow of capital and goods that are wrecking our planet. So um, if you want to check out their work, I believe you just need to go to the Blockade Australia page and there's a live video up of a young man called Tom who's currently sitting up a very large monopole. Is a monopole just... A giant pole, it mono, is, which it, is one singular. <laughs> not like, not unlike a tree sit. It's kind of just. Correct. I'm up, a, I'm up a giant pole. Yeah, it's a it's a pole that is normally attached with various amounts of rope, uh, and the purpose of that is, of course, you can't move one rope without moving the pole, so it makes it a lot harder uh, for uh, search and rescue or the police to move you from the position. And uh, last I saw on the live video before I came into the studio, there was a whole heap of trucks and traffic backed up on the road. Uh, looked like a six-lane road, uh, but like three lanes each way. But one person on a monopole can make a huge difference, Sam Cossa, to the flow of capital in Sydney. A small group of people, you know. We, Yeah, that's it, a small that group might. of people. I like small people. I'm a small person, <laughs> unlike you, giant man, Sam. Uh, we're going to go to a song now, and I think it's time to really wake us up in the studio, get that caffeine into you, Sam. We're going to line up our guest, Freya, bring Jack back onto the microphone, Phone, but in the meantime, here's a little bit of old school John Jet. I love rock and roll. Me. 
It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. That's right, and you're on Dirt Radio with Sam and Sam and Jack. Welcome back to the microphone. Hey. Uh, Jack is learning how to use the panel because we are a collective of volunteers, so we've just been sitting on my side. But, uh, Jack, please tell us who's coming up for our interview today. So today we have uh, Freya Dinshaw from the Human Resource Law Centre um, just talking about uh, modern slavery. They've recently released a paper um, looking at the uh, Modern Slavery Act and how Australia uh, uh, and Australian corporations are adhering to that legislation. So, hey, Freya. Hi, Zach. Lovely Uh, to speak. You too. So just to start off, uh, how many people around the world are living in some form of modern slavery? So I think when a lot of people hear the term modern slavery, it sounds like, you know, something that happened a long time ago, something that people expected would have finished Um, you know, well before now. But at the moment, there are um, an estimated 40 uh, 40 million people around the world in conditions of modern slavery, and about 20 million of those in conditions of forced labour. But about two-thirds of the people in those conditions are actually in our region. Um, So it's it's a really significant problem, particularly in in the Asia-Pacific and even here in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of the things that really surprised me when I started looking into it is that, um, you know, just the, the numbers are quite staggering. Um, I suppose for our listeners, what's a brief overview of the Modern Slavery Act and other measures to regulate Australian companies on human rights violations? So the Australian Modern Slavery Act um, is relatively new. It was enacted in um, at the end of 2018. And basically what it does is it requires large Australian companies to report on um, the risks of modern slavery in their operations and supply chains and what um, the actions they're taking to um, address those risks. And so there's a list of criteria in the Act which companies are expected to address in their statements. Um, but kind of unusually, given the severity of um, the kind of violations that we're talking about, there's no real uh, hard enforcement mechanisms for um, companies that buy. So um, even if you fail to put in a statement or you, don't, you put in an incomplete or a misleading statement, currently there isn't a, a really um, hard way to, to require companies to comply with their obligations. So there is um, the Australian Border Force is responsible for enforcement of the legislation, but there are no penalties or anything like that that apply for companies that, that fail to report. Okay. And um, just in terms of other laws, pretty briefly, Australia has a patchwork of laws that um, obviously place um, requirements on companies to take into account human rights-related um, issues such as you know anti-discrimination legislation, work health and safety laws, and our criminal code has um, a number of provisions that prohibit um, really extreme human rights violations like genocide, forced labour, um, crimes against humanity, those sorts of things. Uh, but it's it's really a patchwork. We don't currently have in place a comprehensive framework that requires companies to take human rights seriously. I suppose to uh, further the um, act, uh, the the paper looked into how Australian companies are doing, even in the reporting, even though there's nothing that actually means means that they uh, are being held to account. Uh, How did you find that Australian uh, companies are doing and what were the sort of key findings from your paper um, this year? So our our paper, Paper Promises, um, in in that we looked at about 102 
month slavery statements um, from companies that were operating in sectors with known modern slavery risks. Um, and what we found was that over half the companies that we reviewed failed to disclose those obvious risks in their supplies, um, in their statements. For example, uh, three quarters of the clothing companies that we looked at failed to talk about the risks of legal force labour in their cotton and garment supply chains. Um, but we also found that 77% failed meet the basic reporting requirements of the legislation and just under a third appeared to be taking some form of effective action to address their modern slavery risks. So Freya, if if the current, you know, regulatory setup isn't isn't doing enough, what do we what do we need to do to hold these companies account? Is there anything we can look at also from overseas? I know in Europe there's a there's a due diligence or a sustainable supply chain law um, there's also been some talk I saw in the Parliament, and I think you guys have done some work um, on a ban of imported forced labour, goods, goods imported with forced labour. Yeah, what, what do we need to be doing? Um, so we'll recommend that the consider a range of strengthening our current framework. Um, but as you suggest, at, uh, at the heart of this is that we really need to strengthen our laws to ensure that one, they're forcible, but also that they require companies to take meaningful action on their um, on their human rights risks, reporting on, on modern slavery um, and related issues, but actually taking action to address those um, through a form of due diligence or um, other methods that incentivise companies to change the status quo and change the way that they're engaging with suppliers and other risks in their supply chain. Um, so specifically, we've called for penalties for companies that fail to comply with modern slavery laws. But beyond that, we've um, called for the introduction of a duty to prevent modern slavery risks um, where companies um, would uh, in, need to ensure that they're taking um, reasonable and appropriate actions to address their risks in their supply chain um, and that there's um, improved access to justice for people who are impacted by um, companies that fail to take actions on harm. Um, I think that, um, you know, we've seen the developments coming out of Europe in relation to um, human rights due diligence laws and action there to ensure that affected people can hold companies to account in national courts. And we see that as the direction of traffic and the way that Australia should be progressing in order to make sure that our laws are fit for purpose and that people feel comfortable that where they're harmed by a company, they do have rights of recourse and that their rights are protected. Um, and, and beyond that, I think um, you mentioned the work that we've done in relation to import bans and we've also seen that as a really effective measure um, that's particularly been used in the United States, where they essentially use the investigative and coercive powers of government to um, ensure that, you know, there's no safe for goods that are made with forced labour. And so they've taken um, a system where there are uh, what's called withhold release orders or, you know, ban orders on specific shipments from companies that they've identified in countries where there are known risks of non-slavery and where there's reasonable evidence that there's um, forced labour in place in relation to those goods. Um, the goods are stopped at the ports in the US until it can be proved by um, the people importing those goods that there is no forced labour um, in connection with in connection with the products. And we've seen that as a 
impactive, uh, impactful and effective way of improving practices in, in places where um, there is forced labour and um, systemic issues. Uh, which industries and countries are um, of the greatest concern to uh, Australia? I know you mentioned that there's a, a lot of it going on in the region, so maybe touch on uh, outside of the Uyghur forced labour in China, um, whether there are any other industries that are affecting Australian people and companies. Yeah, so in, in our research, we looked at four um, sectors in particular where there are, you know, significant non-slavery risks and where a lot of Australian companies are supplying goods from. Um, and those industries were um, rubber gloves and PPE from Malaysia, particularly in light of the COVID crisis and the, um, you know, heavily increased demand for, for medical supplies. Um, so rubber gloves from Malaysia has been a really important one. We also looked at seafood coming out of Thailand um, and uh, horticultural produce from here in Australia, in addition to, to cotton and other goods coming out of China and, um, the, you know, as you mentioned, the systemic, um, egregious uh, use of, of forced labour against ethnic minorities, um, particularly in Xinjiang. And outside of the, obviously, violations to human rights, um, how are these things affecting the environment as a larger picture uh, around the world? So there is research that shows that um, the prevalence of forced labour and the fact that, you know, forced labour practices are actually growing, particularly post-pandemic, um, there, there hasn't been seen to, to be a dint in, in um, the exploitation of people in, in this way, but that that... Um, exploitation is actually setting us back on trying to reach some of climate change goals and reaching the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And so um, the research suggests that in order to move forward with progress on um, tackling climate change, we also need to keep the um, elimination of forced labour for exploitation in mind. Um, so you can't kind of have progress on one without it um, impacting the other and the two need to really go hand in hand and one of the areas where this is really coming to light is in relation to um, issues with um, solar panels and um, uh, forced labour, particularly from China, in connection with some of the, the raw elements that are that are um, in solar panels at the moment. And there are some innovative um, collaborations that are taking place to ensure that um, we can still, you know, use cleaner energy, um, but without that being at the expense of, of people and their freedom. I also know that in the palm oil supply chain, Friends of the Earth Indonesia has done a, done a lot of work on forced labour, um, working with palm oil workers. There's a lot of forced labour in the, in the palm oil supply chain. Um, and I think the extractive industry, Australian mining all around the world, um, both forced labour and a whole bunch of other um, quite horrendous um, practices in terms of environmental impact. Do you work to people listening at home... Freya, what, what can they do to get involved if they really want to help hold these Australian companies accountable for what they do both at home and overseas? What what, what can they do to get involved and to hold these companies accountable? Um, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Firstly, obviously, power is so important and um, being thoughtful about you know brands that you're wearing and um, that you support and asking questions of brands directly and leverage as a consumer I think is really key because if companies are, are hearing those concerns come from 
you know, uh, their target audience, um, that will encourage change in the way that they tackle these issues and the effort that they put in addressing um, these concerns internally. But the other one is looking at your superannuation and, you know, ensuring that that is ethical too, that um, you've sort of uh, chosen a super fund that does take human rights and environmental considerations into account and not investing in um, companies that that don't align with your own ethics. Um, I think that those are two ways that, you know, individuals can really move the dial. Thank you so much for joining us today, I guess, also... Um joining or supporting your organisation, Market Forces, you mentioned superannuation. I know Rachel Dean's over there and and all of Market Forces does a lot of great work on superannuation. So you can visit their website, you can visit the Human Rights Law Centre website um, or get involved in Friends of the Earth's Economic Justice Collective. Thank you so much, Freya, for joining us um, this morning and taking time and for all of your great work um, with this new report or at least recent report, um, and the great work you guys do uh, holding companies account and also other important important work on human rights. No worries. Thanks, Freya. Bye. Thanks, Freya. Bye. You're on Dirt Radio with Sam, Sam and Jack. It's always weird saying my name twice. Sam times two. We'll be back in a moment to wrap up. Well, if you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, yes, I know where you are. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. We'll check out the happy vibe. They're going to ring up and subscribe. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and the Nara people and that sovereignty was never ceded. You are on a 3CR supporter. Dirt Radio. <laughs> I was not expecting that little 3CR supporter. If you would like to support 3CR, though, of course you can call the station directly on 9419 or go to 3cr.org.au subscribe. And, of course, uh, Sam, we are currently having a membership drive at Friends of the Earth. Yeah, we are. You should all go and join Friends of the Earth. I know because you've been loving this program. Even I need to rejoin because I got my I got my credit card stolen recently, and someone oh no. went someone went to town and just like buying everything. So I had to um oh. had to cancel it. But it means I have to update my details as you well. Do. So as part of this this year's membership drive, 
I will be remembering to up- update my details. It's beca- an important thing to do. Yeah, Friends of the Earth is, of course, membership-based uh, and reliant on our members being involved. So not only uh, do you get an awesome discount in the food co-op when you sign up to be a member, but you can come along and join any collective, come to our meetings, get organising, get active. Get on radio as well. Get Jack's, on radio. Jack's we are looking for more people <laughs> to join our new team. So, uh, yeah, please do get in contact with us. Uh, and sign up and become a member. What else is happening over the next week? Well, first of all, you, I think you can sign up as a member at Faux Melbourne or just look Correct. at Friends of the Earth, um, Friends of the Earth Australia, Friends of the Earth Melbourne, um, and you can sign up there. I think the big event this week is Friday. We've got the school strikers in the yes. city. Is it one o'clock start? No, it's a midday start at Tre- Old Treasury Building. And, of course, the strikers are calling on mums, dads, siblings, aunties, uncles, come out, support them. It's not just for the kiddies. It's uh, to show our support for the strikers who, despite two years of a pandemic and many of them trying to finish off high school, uh, they have been blitzing it. They've been going hard in the courts, going hard on the streets. And, yeah, this is their big first rally out, really, since the pandemic. They did one, I think, in 2020, but uh, I don't think they did one last year. So, And this is the schools, school strikers for climate action? That's correct. It is. And uh, then they'll be running over the weekend some workshops that are more aimed at uh, teenagers and strikers. Uh, but then the, I think they're having another rally on the Monday. Uh, I don't have any details about that right now. But come down Friday. Friday, midday, there'll be a heap of great speeches and then a march. And then I believe it finishes off in the Fitzroy Gardens where there'll be a, a little bit of a induction and talk about what's going on over the next few days. I do believe that on the Saturday, Sunday, they are gathering at Lincoln Square, which is, of course, opposite the Park Prison Hotel that is still holding 18 refugees, uh, prisoners. Uh, and let's not forget that all refugees in detention are political prisoners. Uh, so I believe the strikers intend to join forces with refugee advocates and show some intersectional solidarity because that's what we're all about. Uh, climate change is obviously going to create millions of displaced people uh, along with war and hence we need to be paying attention to all those things. Well, thank you very much, Jack. Thank you, Sam. It's been a lovely program. And <laughs> it's been a lovely program. <laughs> and I'm looking it's forward... Been, it's been a charming, <laughs> charming I'm, morning on air. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you, <laughs> with our listeners, uh, next Tuesday at the same time um, for yes. Mobilise, Resist, Transform, Environmental Action, all the good stuff. Um, yeah. Do you have an incredibly powerful song to take us out on or a good uh, little message from, uh, from Dirt Radio? I reckon I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, See you, Jack. (laughs) See you next week. Next week you're in the hot seat, baby. Uh, Yeah, we are going to go out with Know Your Rights by The Clash. And don't forget, uh, the only way that things are going to change are if you get off the couch and get into the streets and get active. Friends of the Earth Melbourne is looking for organisers and people to campaign at the moment. It's going to be a huge year. So sign up, become a member, but more importantly, get active and know your rights. Coming up next, Billabong Beats. Stay tuned on 3CR.